Shannon, how are ya? Um, I'm undercaffeinated, but I'm very excited to be here. Same. Oh, that's gonna be a thing. There's just animals outside, yeah. and it's fine. Um, thanks for coming, everybody. I'm very excited to have you here. This is the very first episode ever of Brown Girl Book Party. Brown Girl Brook Book Party. I have such a difficult time saying that. Brown Girl Brook Party. Say Brown it ten Girl times. Brook Party. You can say it however you want. We're just happy that you're here. Um, my name is Rosa. I'm Shannon. And we're brown. Yeah. We like to party. <laughs> we both are girls. And by that, I mean we are in our mid to late 30s and also maybe 40 soon. Yeah. And not girls at all, but women. Brown women book party just didn't have the same. No, it's too it's too easy to say. <laughs> We really like to challenge ourselves here. <laughs> so let's talk about what, what we're doing and yes. like, what is this? What is this thing that people have have chosen to listen to with absolutely no context? Yes, I love that. So this is essentially a book club is really what it is. Yeah. In many ways. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's a book club of, of two, but hopefully soon many, many more. That's right. And... We want to focus on brown authored books, black authored books, queer authored books. And sometimes our authors might not fit that bill, but diverse characters and diverse stories are extremely important to us. Yeah, I think it's like as much representation as possible will be found in the books that we read in like the narratives are going to be complex. Um, they're going to also be beautiful. Um, and it's really just sort of leaning into spaces, you know, where maybe there aren't as many white people yes. telling the stories and taking the control. We love to see it. I love to think about it. Yeah, same. So why are we doing this? Once upon a time, um, I was going to like give a, a time frame, but I can't remember how long ago it was. Um, an internet person introduced Shannon and Rosa. Um, and Rosa had the plan of doing brown girl book party long before I came into this picture. Um, so I really do feel like one, like the, like the vision is 100% Rosa's and I just jumped on those really sick coattails. Um, but really like, why are we doing it? I think they're like, when I think about it, it's like, there's not enough. Um, there are not enough accessible conversations around narratives that are, um, really sort of like pushed into the margins and there are not enough sort of like honest conversations about stories that maybe aren't that fun to read because um they're because they're emotionally difficult or or you know mentally spiritually difficult all of these things um and and I think for me it's like trying to bring like a brown voice to help contextualize um to help amplify 
Um, and also, I just like really fucking like to read books. Same. Oh my god, same. Have we ever talked about that shared interest? I don't think we have. Um, I appreciate all of that. That's all true. I think I will take credit for things I do and also things I don't do. Just mm. kidding. Um, but I am, <laughs> I'm happy, um, to be doing this with you because I do think that I had this vision, but bringing it to you and, and to add a time frame, it was after I'd moved here. So it was like late 2020, mid to late 2020. And it, the vision for Brown Girl Book Party has really continuously changed shape many times over and what and so many different ideas that we had for this. But I think a podcast really makes sense. And it was um, something that we thought about or that I thought about a lot on and off. Um, and I listening to you talk, all of that absolutely resonated with me. But a thing that we have forgot to mention that I think is really important, an important part of what we're doing is to talk about just the institution of fiction yeah, actually, because that's a big part of this as well. So the culture of reading I feel has really, and what we associate when we think about readers or the culture of reading, that's very white. I feel like we think about, we see white people, um, that culture has really been taken up um, by white folks. And so I think also just helping us put more Brown people in those spaces, in spaces of, you know, identifying as readers, but also that fiction is not always taken seriously as a form of, um, education or academia. Yeah, and I feel like we had recently, just like prior to getting to the space where it was like, let's put our foot on the gas of the podcast, we had had like a really cool, albeit brief conversation around the importance of fiction and the role that it has played in our lives independently and the role that it plays um, in the collective in terms of like really informing the frameworks um, for like even anti-racism and um, for like talking about things like housing and food security and all of these things like while we're, we're reading these stories that like you know I think a, a lot of times it's like well those are not real like that's not a real world it's not um, it's not like a real life story or whatever and it can be really easily discounted. Right. Yeah. But the reality is I think that like in a world where everything feels like a mess and everything feels like it's constantly falling apart, our imaginations can be so um activated by really good fiction and what we need are active imaginations so that we might get to the point of like a, a flourishing future for oppressed people and Absolutely. like fiction plays such a huge role in that I think because it's like brain food but also um can really help offer sort of like tangible alternatives to the fucked up mess that we currently find ourselves in absolutely I think it's also really important for us to remember that while fiction stories are not exactly true they are born from experience and these authors are writing these stories based on those experiences. So, 
you know, not to sound like a like an anti-science flat earther or something, <laughs> but <laughs> we're, we're going to get into that in another episode. <laughs> I've exposed my true self so early on, um, but I, it almost to me is it, that piece is so irrelevant, whether or not the story actually like literally happened, because in my experience as an avid reader, as a person who has easily gotten lost in fictional stories from like before I can remember doing almost anything else, how much I have learned about other people's experiences, people who do not look like me or live like me has nothing has been more impactful than reading a fictional story actually in that way. Um, I mean, I guess memoirs can often fall into that same category, but the piece of moving the way that a fiction book and a fiction story and a story with a strong narrative, the way that you can move through that and really feel like you are a character in that book and really resonate with those characters and move through it. I don't think that there's anything that offers that same sort of experience. No, I think you're right. I mean, it's like, it's like these are the stories where it's like you get to imagine things in in ways that are so different from real life, right? You get to yes. you, you get to become a part of something that is so different from your real life experience. And like, I, I mean, how many books have you read, right? Where it's like, or you or I, how many books have we read where it's like we feel like those characters become our family because we're so absolutely deeply like tangled up in this like beautiful chaos that that these you know these writers have have gifted us um my first absolute real loss and sense of mourning and just devastation was Dumbledore's death for real I mean I think that's I feel like that's probably something that resonates with a lot of people Yeah, I was sick about it. Like, I just remember, first of all, feeling so stupid because I was like, this person's not real. But, you know, for our generation, we grew up with those books. I mean, sidebar, fuck a turf. But we love those stories, right? I mean, those stories are a part of us. And for me, at least, I, I mean, Harry Potter is so informative to who I was. And Dumbledore dying was shocking. I mean, the grief that I experienced was really, really shook me. And I, and I learned so much from that experience actually. Um, so yeah, I definitely feel that. I mean, this is a good seg to talk about like who we are, right? Like as we're like sitting here, like so passionately talking about, you don't even know who we are guys (laughs) talking about the influence (laughs) that books have had on our lives, which, you know, the influence is great. Obviously we decided to do a whole fucking podcast about it. Um, (laughs) but yeah, like who is Rosa, the person that grieved Dumbledore's death? I guess that's like, we should probably talk about that a little bit so that people can decide whether or not they're actually interested (laughs) in hanging out with us. Yeah. I feel like there might be some people right now that are like, um, is this bitch actually a flat earther? So let me get (laughs) that out of the way immediately. (laughs) The earth is round, you guys. Science is real. (laughs) Um, who am I? So... Where do I start? You're just like so overthinking it. Who am I? (laughs) Who is she? 
You go she first. She's not a fun... Okay, who am I? So, well, I am Shannon. I'm almost 40, um, which means that the Harry Potter phenomena um, is not one that I was a part of. Mm. Um, like, just... I just missed it. Mm. It was my brother's. My brother is three and a half years younger than I am, and he... His folks were on that train. Um, I have since read the first three books. Um, But I do feel like that's a really important part of like a book podcast conversation for me to just like put myself out there in terms of where I where I am on the Harry Potter spectrum. Um, And it is (laughs) I think it's it's, because it's a a question that's going to come up. Um, You know, I mean, I am a brown woman um, (laughs) who is not originally from Sacramento, but Sacramento is 100% my home and I love it here. Um, P.S. We are coming to you from Sacramento, California. We did not mention that prior um, to this moment. Um, I have spent my entire career working with um, people experiencing homelessness or mental health. Um, or living with mental health diagnoses. And so like, just like sort of being in a space where people are othered is like kind of my vibe. It's your thing. It's my thing. Um, I do love reading. COVID really impacted my ability to read. Um, and I have had like such sort of an up and down relationship with it, even to this day. Um, I, Prior to COVID was not an audiobook person, uh, but now I find that to be a comforting way to start a book so that I can like get into it and then I start turning the pages. Um, I'm a very active journaler. I am married to a librarian, uh, which is very cool for somebody who loves books. Very cool. Um, I own cats, many of them. Um, we don't have to talk about the number. I don't know. Like, I am someone... It's 13, you guys. It's 13, she has 13 cats. It's 13 cats. <laughs> like, if if a person asks um, who I am, my elevator pitch is that um, I am a storyteller struggling and striving to be present um, as I work toward um, bringing justice to the spaces that I find myself in. Um, and that's like a really heavy way to also say, I like to sit on the fucking porch, chain smoke and drink. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It's fun to do that with you. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. You've laid a good foundation for me. So when I think about my history and actually just listening to you sort of explain who you are as a reader and also who you are as a person and how intertwined those things are. I was like a weird freaky kid that started reading when I was three, kind of just like by myself. Same. Yeah. (laughs) And my childhood was fraught with trauma, just Mm. so fraught with trauma. And I really got lost in that. I'm an only child. That is a big part of my identity just in terms of how I move through the world. I think in, in, in many different ways, it informs my privilege for sure. It also, informs a lot of loneliness and and things that I've worked through. And I think that that's why books became so important to me because um, you really can always find a friend in a book, in a good book. Yeah. I mean, that's a cheesy thing to say, but it's super true. And if you're a reader, you know that that's true. But I think the other thing that happened with me in reading is that I started reading at such a young age and 
the way that people made me feel that I was able to do that became very important to me because it was hard in my life fraught with so much trauma and so much traumatic activity sort of constantly with the adults in my life to be special in some way and to sort of direct their attention toward me was something I was always trying to do. Yeah. So being a three-year-old reader and like starting to read chapter books, basically like in kindergarten and first grade, that was like a cool thing, you know? Um, And so I think I really identified with that very early on and Harry Potter, obviously very important to me, but also other books, which, you know, I hope to sort of get into more of these classics that we loved as children, especially us women, um, or just non-men, um, and non-white people. How many stories did we read where we saw characters that looked like us, that spoke to us? You know, I like, are you there? God, it's me. Margaret is, was one of my favorite books as a kid. I read it over and over and over. And I think back now I'm like, was there literally one person of color in that book? I mean, this is like, this is why we exist. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. That is like to sum up this podcast and it's important. That is right. This is why we're doing this. And the same thing for a tree grows in book, Brooklyn, another favorite book of mine. Yeah. Um, Oh my God, what's. Oh, are you thinking of Little House on the Prairie? No, I never read those. <laughs> did you read those? Yeah, I did because my Mexican slash, like my indigenous mother, indigenous on the Mexican and um, also native side, like loved Little House on the Prairie. And it is a problem. <laughs> um, it is a problem that the world, that, that Little House on the Prairie was so like magnetic. It was, you know, what I did love was uh, Babysitter's Club, which at least featured one token Asian character. I think she was Chinese or Korean. Yeah, I think she was Chinese. And but in the modern, in the current Babysitter's Club on Netflix, I think she's Korean. Oh, okay, okay. And I wonder how right that white author got her. Now, thinking back, because that was important to me, right? Just having that, even that visibility as a Filipino American, like anytime I would see any sort of Asian anywhere in a book or on TV, I felt so seen, you know, or just so desperate grasping at anything that could barely resemble us. So So stay tuned for our takes on the Babysitter's Club (laughs) in upcoming episodes. (laughs) Um. Outside of reading, I work in beer. I love it very much. I am a person who has had many passions, who continues to evolve those passions constantly into careers. I think I've been very, very lucky in that way. I've been a personal chef. I now work in beer education and buying beer for a really great restaurant in town. I um, have been an Etsy jewelry maker. I made that business very successful. I used to own a, co- own a coffee roastery with my ex-husband. Listen, y'all, I've lived as many lives as all 13 of Shannon's cats. So that's a lot of lives. Yeah. Because they do the math. I I will not. (laughs) This is not a math party. (laughs) No, it is 100% not a math party because we would, the party would be the worst. It would just be like, we would just break things. We'd be crying. And cry. (laughs) Yeah, just fetal position. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, to sum that up, we are to... um, just like 
badass women who love to read and love to be able to like have the time and the space um, to to do this this show and we're really looking forward to where it leads us and so you might be asking yourself now like what should I expect from this podcast that I already love um because these girls are so amazing yeah these girls these girls are tight (laughs) um so what what can you expect I can say I will answer straight away and say that you can expect better audio for our next (laughs) episode. We're doing this like straight up. I mean, this is not the ideal way for us to record. We're sharing one mic. Um, It's true. It's, but whatever. Um, You can expect better audio. um, And you can also expect lots of um, swearing. So much fucking swearing. There's so many important pieces of the bond of our friendship, but I think the F F word (laughs) that I chose not to say right now as I'm bragging about being such a good swearer. (laughs) Sometimes I say the F word. (laughs) But I do think like some uh, generally crass talking about books and characters, we get very passionate and excited and we're definitely not going to sugarcoat anything. We're not. Neither of us are very good at sugarcoating. I don't even know what sugar is. (laughs) Um, So like the framework of the show is um, that you'll get two episodes a month from us. Um, The first episode will be shorter um, in the like half hour range where we talk about things that are fun and funny um, and informative. And we don't want to like spoil sort of what's to come with some of those segments, but we've been kind of like dreaming about um, what that could look like. Um, and then in in the shorter episode, you will also get the book intro, which is what book um, we are reading together, um, Rosa and I, and then what book we will talk about. And, and um, you know, we hope you will join us yes. for that. So, we're, so you're looking at, in terms of a podcast commitment, about an hour and a half a month of listening. Um, and I don't know how long it fucking takes you to read a book. That's true. So that's that you have that commitment too. Yes. And in the second, so that's, we'll set you up and tell you about the book. We will suggest places that you could purchase that book. Cause another thing that's very important to us is supporting small bookstores specifically. You guessed it. Brown, queer, BIPOC owned and operated book spaces and bookstores. Um, and then we will invite you to read that along with us. And then in episode two, we're going to talk all about that book. So it's going to just be full chock full of spoilers. But I think something that's important, another thing that's important to us is accessibility. When we talk about um, those spaces where people are reading and spaces for books Also, like, we stan audiobooks. Shannon talked about that a little bit. We want, we recognize that there are so many different ways that people consume stories. And there are so many ideas about the right or wrong way to do that. So 
we encourage you to join along. Even if you haven't finished the book, that's something that I think is important to us. If you just want to experience these stories, you can still join us in that second episode. You can still hear all about those stories and our take on those stories and participate in that way as well. Yeah. I, I want to like echo the audiobook. um, you know, just affirming that audio book, if the way that you are taking in a book is through audio form, you are reading a book. Audio exactly. book consumption equals reading a book. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I think that book club podcasts of which I have tried to listen to before and don't, haven't loved them as much as this one, obviously. Um, they're really cool ways to help to take in stories that maybe you're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get around to that book, but I'm interested in like the hot takes on it. And we are going to bring you the hot, the fucking fire takes. Friend, we got so many hot takes. Hot takes for days. Shit. Yeah. So on that note, should we talk about our very first book, Shannon? Yeah. Go ahead. Tell them what okay. we're reading. We are reading for December. Our first book is going to be Yoke by Mary H. K. Choi. This is her third novel. Um, it is classified as YA, which in some moments is a bit surprising to me. But overall, I think that it is a fair classification. Mary H. K. Choi is an Korean-American author who also works in fashion and her two books previous to this, Permanent Record, was her sophomore effort, and Emergency Contact was her first novel. Both are also YA. She writes complicated young love stories that also feature so many things outside of romantic love. She is an incredible author. But Yoke is special specifically because it is not, um, it's not a memoir. It is absolutely fiction, but it is very much pulled themes from her own life. So it's been exciting to read it for that reason. Yeah, um, I am really excited to talk about this book having not where n- neither of us are done with it. Um, and we're also not sure what page or chapter we're on <laughs> <laughs> as we were talking about this prior to recording. Um, but we're far we're far enough into it to know that we are already really captivated by the story and very excited about unpacking the themes um, that Mary H.K. Choi has um, introduced us to. And so we do really hope that you will join us if, you know, if not by reading the book, then by um, listening in um, when we unpack it. And um, it should be said again. I don't know if we've already said this, but we should say it again um, or for the first time that the next episode spoiler 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 right spoilers like, for days we did say that now i just i went into a fugue state i, I feel like i said ago. it for like a second but there will be as many spoilers as there will be hot takes yeah so a lot um yeah i like i want to keep talking about the book but i know that that's not what we're here to do right now that's we are right. here to say please Join us in reading Yoke by Mary H.K. Choi. Um, the cover art is beautiful. It is really cool. I love it so much. Um, so also, if you buy the book, you will have art 
um, yeah, on your shelves. Book books art, equal baby. art. And so you might be asking yourself, well, where can I buy this book? Because, like, I know about Amazon, but like, fuck capitalism for that benefits white people. Um, so Rosa, where should yes. people buy the book? Well, if you are a local Sacramentian, like we are, we invite you to shop at Underground Books, which is in Oak Park. Um, sick. It's a very cool space. They, are, it's a black-owned bookstore. They do a lot for the black reading community here in Sacramento. And we are actually not sure if they have copies of Yoke in the store, but guess what? They will order anything for you that you want. And supporting these bookstores is very, very important. So if you're local, we encourage you to do that. And if you're not local, Um, you should head over to bookshop.org. And that is essentially a directory of independent, independently owned bookshops um, throughout the nation. So... Um, that is a, a play, a really good place for even, you know, even if you are in Sacramento and maybe you're just like not super close to underground books, but you're, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Listen, it's like a 95 mile city or whatever, like get to underground books for real. But, um, you should check out bookshop.org. Um, cause they will, they will not lead you astray. They won't. And it's a good resource even just to see uh, different local bookstores sh- in your area. I keep almost saying bookstores because I'm like, should I say bookshop or bookstore? So anyways. Um, hashtag bookshore. Bookshore. <laughs> <laughs> Bookshells on the bookshore. So it's a good resource for that. But also you can just buy directly online and they will send this very book or any book that you like. To your house. That is 100% true. I also, for those who do not have the disposable income to purchase books, uh, we really want to just a round of applause and amplify uh, public libraries. Um, Here in Sacramento, the Sacramento Public Library has incredibly accessible um, books that you can get through the Libby app right on your phone. That's right. Audio, Um, Audio books as well. And Yoke, I will tell you, is available right now because I just renewed my audiobook subscription for it. So I'll I'll hurry up and finish so that someone else can get it. <laughs> um, but you know, if if buying books for whatever reason is not as accessible, um, then please please support your local library. They are there for you, and they would love they would love for you to even walk in and and. Pretend like you don't even know where the YA section is and be like, I'm looking for Mary H.K. Choi's Yoke and then talk to the youth librarian. You'll Um, make their day. You will 100% make their day. And you know what? We are here to make days. That's right. Hell yeah. Well, Well, shit. That's it. Yeah, I think think so. I think we did it. We did it. Oh, it's over. Shit. That's it. (laughs) We're done. We're all done. Thank you. So no, I'm just kidding. Um, We're just getting started. In fact. It's true. So we will see you in December. In December. But we won't actually see you. You will hear us in December. You're welcome. Goodbye. Bye.